Excuse me, I couldn't help noticing that strange and interesting plant. Club members, I'm Kate, and I've been trying to open a jar of sauerkraut for four days. And I'm Emma, and I don't know how to top that. <laughs> I emailed the company. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Have you tried um, heating it up and then bam, bam, I'm bamming it, hitting it on? I've tried everything. Have you tried hitting it on, on something really firmly? I literally emailed the company. I'm like, okay, I know you probably think I'm 80 years old because I'm emailing a sauerkraut company, but... I can't open this, and we're in our 20s. <laughs> we're in our 20s, we can't open your stupid jar of stupid sauerkraut. <laughs> Here's the lot number. <laughs> Fix it. Do you think they're going to send you, like, another thing of sauerkraut? Uh, they better. I paid, like, three and a half dollars for that jar of sauerkraut. It was, like, a 32-ounce jar of sauerkraut. I don't know if I'd be happy to receive a warm can of jar of sauerkraut. I, honestly, I just want to be acknowledged <laughs> at this point. You just want your yeah your strife to be acknowledged. <laughs> yes. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm Emma, and I ran away from my boyfriend's apartment because there's a strange beeping noise I didn't want to subject y'all to. I can't wait for you so. to get back, and the apartment's just, like, burned to the ground. I know. I'm like, that's probably not important. <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> Peter's, like, on the floor from carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, maybe not the He's best. He's tough. And welcome back, guys, to another exciting episode of the horror movie club this episode is a special episode because we are taking horror all the way to the very limits like if this was a venn diagram of like horror i'm pretty sure it's not It'd in be on the line it's like it, yeah it is the line <laughs> in the middle it is the circle making up the one of the outer rings um because we're covering little shop of horrors which doesn't really count as horror but it kind of counts as horror and that's good enough for us exactly so this week we're covering, like Kate said, Little Shop of Horrors. For those of y'all who are maybe have heard of it but aren't don't quite know what that means, that was also me before I watched this. <laughs> so you're not alone. Uh, so basically, it's a it's from 1986. It's a horror comedy rock musical. <laughs> that so is what if, it is. If you could, if you could imagine all of those things stuffed into one film, and add some beloved actors and some puppets. And some puppets, which I can't wait because I think Kate's going to talk a bit yes. about the sci-fi. She instructed me, it's the sci-fi, the special effects. Uh, she instructed me uh, explicitly not to look that part up because she wanted yes, to tell me about it. Yes, because I've already so, devoured the internet for everything having to do with the puppets used in this movie. And it's so interesting and cool. And the reason that we are so interested in the puppets, and you can watch this yourself if you haven't already seen the movie, is that we watched it on HBO Max just for people who are trying to figure out where, where it's streaming. Um, but we I th- we watched it together for the very first time and were both, I think, mutually impressed by how well the killer plant stood up as a puppet. Like, there was no... My understanding is that there was no, like, fancy special effects because it's 1986. Nothing. No, no, yeah. It's all practical effects. I'll get into it. But all that's like, Emma and I didn't like grow up watching this movie. That Like we don't have like any nostalgia for this movie. We watched it together in like 2021. So. I think that, I don't even know how we stumbled upon it, honestly. I think we were just one of those nights where you're just kind of cruising for something to watch and we both recognized it and we're curious enough. 
I looked up a list of top rated movies or popular movies on HBO Max because you had just gotten HBO Max. Much to Kate's uh, pleasure. Yeah, I'm pretending that I'm not using your HBO Max just because I like didn't make another profile. So I just click Emma. <laughs> well, you're probably seeing an awful lot of crime thrillers. It's so much crime. <laughs> You watch yeah, some dark a doc- stuff. A lot of dark documentaries. But before we get um, all the way into Little Shop of Horrors, I want to have, we have a few club announcements. So, ooh, and these are very, very exciting very ones. Very exciting. I think our best announcements. Yeah. I think so too. So, we have a website. We have a website. Yes. Uh, we have a new home for our scoreboard. Uh, it may not look very great because I made it and I am not no. a web designer. <laughs> but while not the product of a web designer, I think it's very clean and I think Aww. it does exactly what it needs to do. Thank so. you. That's what I just wanted it to work. So um, yes. it's also full disclosure. It's the free version of the Wix website because we haven't bought a domain name yet because those are expensive. So the website name is nightlighthorrormo.wixsite.com. I was wondering wondering about that. Backslash NH Movie Club. That's the entire URL. I was like, interesting choice, Kate. I did not get a Zay in it. No, that makes sense. Um, That kind of leads. And so we have that. uh, You can Google that, but you can also just go to our Instagram. And Kate, is it on our Facebook yet? That was your responsibility, ma'am. Is it on our Facebook? It was my week. It was my weekly chore. So So that's a no. By the end of by the end of the week, you'll be able to see that on Facebook. But you can see it already as a tiny URL on our Instagram bio. And you can also, I bet, if bet a nickel if you search for it, the search engine can find it for you. I, I knew that um, if I put the actual URL in our Instagram bio, people would think it was like a virus. <laughs> they wouldn't yeah. click it. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, and then the horrendous URL for our free website leads us into our other bit of news, right? Yeah, here. we want a real URL. <laughs> we want a real domain name that doesn't look like garbage. And we want a nice website so that we have an actual internet home for the club where uh, I ideally I want there to be like a forum section where we can like talk directly with you guys about specific comments and questions about specific movies. Yeah. And get more input and just have more of a club atmosphere to everything. But to do that costs money. So that brings me to my next uh, announcement, which is that we have a Patreon account now. We're very excited about that. Uh, we've always said it's free to join the club, and it really, really is. There are no dues, but it's just not free for us to produce, like not at all. So if we're going to take the club to the next level, um, we kind of need your help. So if you feel so inclined, um, it is on our website. So if you want to find it there, we have a, several links to our Patreon account. But our Patreon is just patreon.com backslash Nightlight Horror Movie Club. And we have several different tiers. Um, Can you remind me of those? I like I helped you in designing them, but you created the actual Patreon account. Yeah. So can you like refresh me and the, I guess introduce the audience to what those will look like? Yeah, so I made three tiers, and um, the first tier is Club Treasurer, and with that tier, you get voting power. So all three tiers of the Patreon account all get voting power. So we're still going to be pulling suggestions from you guys, and um, you can still suggest movies just via like our social media, our email, or for, through, our, through our website now. But ultimately, whenever it comes down to voting, we're going to pass that those rights on to our Patreon um, patrons. So Club Treasurer, um, that's... Um, the first tier, you get voting power. Um, one up from that is club secretary. You get voting power and we give you a shout out at the end of every episode. 
and then there's the highest tier, the third tier, which is vice president. So you get all of you get voting power, you get a patron shout out, and also we're going to do monthly um, Netflix parties where we can like all watch movies together. And I say Netflix party, but like we might use different outlets, streaming services, whatever works for whoever the patrons are. So those are the tiers. I'm really excited, um, especially about the top tier. I think that's going to be really fun to have little movie parties. Yeah, I'm excited as of it as a way of getting to know people better and like a little bit, you know, have like you were saying, have a little bit more of that club feel. Exactly. And I do want to, um, we are incentivizing this just a little bit because we have cute little stickers. We have merch. They're very cute. We have our first ever club merch at the suggestion of a club member. And um, they're really cute little stickers that have our logo on them. And we have uh, 10 of them. And so the first 10 people to join our Patreon, we're going to send you these little stickers as a heartfelt thank you for supporting the club. So yes, that's so exciting. I want people to get stickers and I want to see what people stick the stickers on. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Um, But that's enough. I'll stop bugging you guys about um, club club meeting stuff. And we'll just head straight right into uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that sounds good. Thanks, guys, for kind of helping us keep the club growing and and keep it kind of growing much like uh, Audrey 2, which is (laughs) (laughs) the antagonist of the movie we're about to talk about. Um, So Kate... I know. So in this one, for this one, similar to other uh, episodes we've done, I'm going to cover the critical reception. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to cover the source material, which in this case was a, was much more robust than I had anticipated. Yeah. But before we do that, well, do you want me to cover source material first or do you want to hop in with production? Let's let's do source material. I, I don't I actually looked up nothing about it. I don't know anything other than it was an off Broadway musical. So the source material for this musical, I thought I was trying to figure out originally if it was the musical, which came first, the musical or the movie. And then there was. So, yes and no, because there was actually a a movie that the musical was based off of. So before this musical movie, there was just a straight movie in the 1960s. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and I mean, neither did I. And it, I think it was very low budget and it was just like a little black comedy film that enough people liked that I think it attracted the attention of Minkin and Ashman and led them to write the musical. And then um, that was off off Broadway initially, just a tiny little 100 seat theater at a, a place called the WPA Theater that came out in 1982 mm-hmm. in May. Mm-hmm. And it did so well that by a couple months later in July, they moved to off Broadway. So that was okay. like three times the, the size of seating. So it's 300 seats versus 100. Oh, that's 100. a big jump. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually so they go they, on to Broadway, right? Kind of. So I, I thought this was super interesting. Whenever uh, Ashman had the opportunity to move it up to Broadway, he actually he actually initially said, no, I think I want to keep it off Broadway. I feel like that's more um, the color of, of, the, of the musical, a little bit quirky. That was Mankin? Um, Ashman. Ashman. I mean, they're, he's not wrong. Yeah, I kind of like that. But it is a bummer that it meant that it was ineligible for the Tonys because the Tonys yeah. are specifically focused on Broadway musicals. Yeah. So that year, the Tony that ended up winning was nine, which I don't actually know. I don't know what it is. Musical. But Dreamgirls was in the running, so we could have crushed that one. <laughs> could we have? <laughs> Sorry, not a big fan of Dreamgirls. I know. That's, that's the one musical that everyone loves, and I'm like, I just don't get it. 
the songs are just too they're long. just too long um okay that's that's actually really interesting and so they went i know that the off-broadway musical was in 82 and then the movie came out in 86 so that's actually pretty fast so people must have taken an interest to it i yes. think that and, and i'll try i'm not going to turn this into a broad broadway podcast but um avenue q very much had the same vibe and the same energy kind of as this like a Oh. Like it to use your word, like the same color, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and so they were off Broadway for a very, very long time. And then like they, they came on to Broadway. Cause I think just like this, there were a lot more people who were interested in it than they originally thought would be. Yeah. I, a lot of, of kooky, kooky people out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A <laughs> lot more than you realize. Don't want to underestimate us. <laughs> <laughs> there are dozens of us. There are millions now. So yeah, it did end up going to the West End. So it made it to London, but it wasn't until 2003 that it went went onto Broadway. So considerably later. Did you say 2003? Yup. Oh. If my top secret source wiki is, is to be believed. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't lie to you. So uh, this is one of my favorite questions to ask you. I ask you this every, every week. Uh, what genre does this one go into? Okay, I, th- I have a good answer for you this time. So realistically, this is an alien invasion movie hiding in plain sight. But the film genre that I picked is oral horror. Oral horror? Oral horror. Oral horror. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me uncomfortable just saying it. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, the like there's the, one of the main characters in it, like one of the main antagonists other than Tui herself is a dentist. And so we have a lot of really terrifying, gross visual gags of this sadistic yeah, dentist and his like antique drill. And also I have a fear of dentists. So what else goes into this? What like teeth? Teeth, teeth definitely does. Oral yeah. Horror? Oral horror. All right. We got to we have to keep building that genre for me to buy it. <laughs> I have two whole movies in it. I'm doing great. No, you're not going to take this from me. And then obviously I want to talk about um, return on investment because that's my favorite. The budget for this movie (laughs) was $25 million. That's a lot of, that's a lot of money. Did you see those puppets? They were gorgeous. They got Rick fucking Moranis in here. They got Steve Martin in this movie. We got Bill Murray in this movie. Yeah. I I, I see what you're getting at. This costs money, man. Yeah. And then at the that coin, it cost that coin. And then that box at the box office, they made 39 million, which like is, is good. It, I feel like it could have done better. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was a little, I was hoping you were going to say no, like a hundred <laughs> no. million, but they like recouped their costs and then everyone got like a cool million probably, but like, mm. they're doing just fine. They're doing. F- yeah. Well, like obviously this was not the end of little shop of horror. Like this, this no. is that this, play is everywhere like every local theater company has done it it's it's been on broadway as recently as like 2003 so like no this this movie is doing just fine don't don't shed a tear for little shop of horrors <laughs> i hope minkin had plenty of opportunity to see that this cult following that he grew from from the musical he created minkin mm-hmm. do you do you or ashman yeah Ash, ashman ashman got to see all this Good. he didn't he didn't pass until like the early 90s and, and speaking of Ashman, so yeah, he wrote the lyrics to the musical, but he also like wrote the whole ass musical. Like he wrote the book. Mm-hmm. So that that's a huge undertaking. So hats off for Ashman. That's awesome. And then the director you've mentioned his name a couple of times, Frank Oz. For those of you who are like, hey, I kind of know that name, but I don't know who that is. Uh, exactly. Yeah. My thoughts. So he began very famously as a puppeteer. 
um, performing with the Muppets, and he is the creator. He created Miss Piggy and voiced Miss Piggy, uh, Fozzie Bear, Animal, mm. Sam Eagle. So literally, like the best Muppets. Mm. And then, those really are. Yes. Apologies for the shrill noise I just made, but those really are some of the best, <laughs> the best puppets. Ones. And then you go over to Sesame Street, and he created and voiced Cookie Monster, Bert, and Grover. Um, and if you're not a Muppet Sesame Street person, he also voiced Yoda. So, well, there you go. And, so he's kind of a big deal, you guys. He really does cover a, a wide range of of um, pop culture. Yes, he 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 does. And he also we we referenced him before. He was in um, American Werewolf in London. He had a cameo in American Werewolf in London. Have you even seen that movie yet? I haven't. We've talked about this. I haven't seen it, but I did listen to y'all's episode on it. What, is, what was his cameo? Well, it doesn't matter. Did he do something with the werewolf? Like, <laughs> he, he was he was um, like a U.S. consulate guy who came and was like, oh, you don't have to shout at me. And you're like, oh, why he, does that voice sound familiar? Yes, he's just a cameo. But yeah, Frank Oz met Jim Henson and then his career exploded and then he became a famous director. Oh, before we move on, Jim Henson, he's from Mississippi, y'all. He's I was about to say ours. that. I was we, literally about to say that. Yeah, we get we don't get to claim a lot of cool people, but we got Oprah and we got Jim Henson and we got Elvis. Those are some pretty cool people. We can yeah. also sneak in Brittany. She's from Louisiana, but she grew up in Mississippi. Did she? She's from Louisiana. Okay, well, this is we'll, not. We'll we, take her. Well, you mean Britney Spears? We'll take her. Yes. We'll also take. I'm not. Why am I from, arguing? From Good Morning America, Robin something. That, yeah, everyone knows her. People, y'all would recognize her. Look her up, Robin something. <laughs> you don't even know Good her morning, name. America. She's great. This An is my icon. point. We don't have many, but the ones we have, Morgan we're Freeman. Re- real proud of. Morgan Freeman. Okay. All right. I'll stop flexing about Mississippi. Now let's talk about the cast of this movie because it is a hoot. We have Rick Moranis as the main character, Seymour Krelborn. Um, Ellen. What a name. And you got Ellen, Ellen Green as Audrey. I cannot imagine anyone else doing this role. And interestingly, she was the one person from the mu- from the musical that came out came across to the movie. That makes absolute sense. Yeah, as soon as you hear her sing, you're like, "Whoa, whoa, man! You didn't get here by accident, ma'am." <laughs> no, you did not. Um, Levi Stubbs plays Audrey Two, also known as Tui. That's the evil plant. Um, I looked him up. He's a Motown. He's from a Motown group called the Four Tops. He has a credit yes. at the end of the movie. Very, they're very, very famous Motown. Yeah. Group. Yeah, kind of a big deal. And then we have a couple of side characters who are very important to me. We have Steve yes. Martin, who plays, um, I think his name is Oren. He's the sadistic, misogynistic dentist. It's like you know, Oren Scrivello or something. Yeah, Oren Scrivello. Yeah. That's right. What a name. And then you have Bill DDSM. Murray. DDSM. DDS. It's just DDS. DDSM sounds different. Maybe it's something different. I think you're thinking of the DSM. <laughs> like the DSM five for psychiatry yeah, for psychiatry. Okay. No, that it's seems, just DDS. That seems on brand. And then Bill Murray is this masochistic maniac who um, absolutely steals the show for the five minutes he's in it. We'll get there. He sure does. And um, yeah, and so those are the main characters. One more who I was impressed with, and I looked him up, is Vincent Gardenia, who played Mr. Mushnick, the flower shop owner, because he was like actually a good actor when I was watching his scenes. I feel like I recognized him in a thousand different things. And yeah. I do not want to get past talking about Bill Murray without just throwing out for those of you all who uh, may be curious that in the 1960 version, that was actually Jack Nicholson, like baby Jack Nicholson who played that role. 
that must have been a very different vibe. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, very tell me. different energy. So tell me a little bit about Mr. Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick. Yeah, Vincent Gardenia. So I looked him up because, again, I was like, I feel like I've seen you and you're like kind of killing this role. Yeah. And he was twice nominated for an Academy Award. So he's kind of a very accomplished Italian actor. What? He's kind of a big deal. And um, speaking of Academy Award nominations, this movie got two of those. So I didn't know that. Two. It got two. So, so much it got, for my research. Yeah. And I bet you can guess which ones they are. Which ones uh, it got? Special effects. Yeah, best visual effects. That was a nomination. And best song. Yeah, best original song um, nice. for Minkin. Both of those were nominations. Which song um, got nominated? Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. I love that song. And uh, it was <laughs> so I wanted to see what what won, what beat them, and so it was co-nominated with American Tale somewhere out there. Which how the <laughs> hell did that not win? <laughs> That's really funny. Somewhere. Okay, I didn't enjoy there. the song the first time. I don't need you. I love that song, but it, it didn't lose to that. It lost to, um, I, I had no idea this was an original song. Eight Mile. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. No, it lost to Take My Breath Away. You know that song? Take my breath away. Oh, gross. Wait, that's from a movie? That's an original song from Top Gun. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. I was going to guess it was from Ghost. No. But that's a different song. What's the one? That's a song whenever like the Righteous Brothers. Her. Yeah. The Righteous Brothers. Singing Unchained money. Melody. Shabop, Girl. Shabop. No. <laughs> <laughs> but best visual effects. I was like, Can how you do the- that for me? Can you do me the Unchained Melody one real quick? No. Please. Okay, just a little. Oh, my love. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm following. <laughs> okay, please continue. I'm so sorry. Okay, and then best visual effects. They lost to. I was like, who? Like, do I need to email? They lost. Yeah, I was like, how did they lose? That doesn't make any sense. And I looked up who they lost to, and they lost to the Aliens sequel, Aliens. And I was like, oh yeah, damn, that sucks. Like, <laughs> that wasn't a I fair mean- fight. That's not fair. That's I was not gonna, fair. I was going <laughs> to try to make an argument about like sequels, but I'm like, Lord of the Rings. I mean, they, they stole a lot of things through their, like the third Lord of the Rings movie. So I guess I can't talk. Are you, yeah. No, the third Lord of the Rings movie won like the most Academy Awards. Exactly. But I was about movie. to say it's not fair for a sequel to win awards. You're now you're just grasping at straws. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Sequels I'm can't win awards. I'm defending this cute little movie. Well, I know that they lost some nominations. Um, and they didn't make a lot of money, but I do want to know how this did reception-wise, like how the movie did. We should do before I before I talk to you about receptions. You just inspired me. I think we as a club should do some sort of um, nominations for various uh, for our own <laughs> award ceremony, like the Razzies. <laughs> yes, give. <laughs> Give Gremlins 2 its day. Troll 2. <laughs> Troll 2. Honestly, Gremlins 2. Yeah, let, get... sure. I, I, I've seen some screenshots from Gremlins 2, and I'm very intrigued. Maybe that's uh, I, I do think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. We should do that around award season. But tell okay. me tell me about reception in this movie, because I, I got I to gotta know. I'll try to refocus now that try I'm daydreaming about what our award ceremony will look like. Okay. so You've made us, you've made me sing Unchained Melody. Um, <laughs> you've fought that sequels can't win awards you're all over the place <laughs> I, just, I just have a lot of feelings. you need to tighten up emma <laughs> you've had too much sugar today okay um okay so critical reception uh rotten tomatoes kate play the game that we always play How uh, do? um based on um 
the return on investment, I'm going to say like 76%. Critics or audience? Critics and then low, like 60 for audience. So you're kind of right. But in that sense, you're also kind of wrong. Sure. <laughs> okay. Just tell me. <laughs> it was 90% for, for critics. Oh, that's very high. And okay. yeah, no, I was shocked. And it was 79, so basically 80% for audience. I was surprised oh. how well the critics reviewed it, honestly. That's really good. Oh, that's good. Because I don't know if I've made this obvious yet, but I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that people like it, too. That makes me happy. So I, I found some comments that I, I thought were kind of representative of some of the other uh, the kind of mass reviews that I saw so one of the ones that I liked a lot was by this gentleman named Richard Corliss from Time Magazine he said Mm -hmm. you can try not liking this adaptation of the off-Broadway musical hit it has no polish and a pushy way with a gag but the movie sneaks up on you about as subtly as Audrey (laughs) 2 I really like that one that's a I like that too I really do and I I also like relate to it because I remember watching it with you and it took maybe a third of the movie before I was like, okay, I like this movie. It took me to Skid Row, which is the like first song in the movie. I like was not quite sure. I was, and there that's, was a and lot that's very fair. That's very fair to be like, what did I just put on? Yes, What's I'm very happening? curious to, to, to find out what our audience thinks of it, particularly since our audience is horror based largely. Yeah. Um, I am very interested. Um, and if you guys haven't seen this movie, like seriously, it's worth a watch. If, if yeah, you haven't seen it, it. if even, you don't have to be a Broadway person, like it's worth a watch at least once. Yeah. Even just for the, like the culture, cultural phenomenon that it yes. was, I think it's just good reference similarly to having some concept of what Rocky horror picture show is. Exactly. Which we also just watched for the first time this year. And also if I you didn't. like special effects at all, um, the puppetry, holy crap. Really, really impressive. And we'll really talk about good. that more in a second. Can I talk about that now? I want to talk about it now. Okay, fine. You can talk about it now. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It. Okay. <laughs> so um, Martin P. Robinson, he is who created the play version of Audrey 2 and the puppets in, in the play. And he started on Sesame Street. Um, and he was... <laughs> He created specific characters that you guys might recognize um, and some that you might not. So the Snuffleupagus. Oh. I know. That's that's Mr. Rob, Rob, oh my gosh. That's Mr. Martin P. Robinson and also Mrs. Grouch. <laughs> I'm not familiar with her. <laughs> I don't think anyone is, but that's him. So that's the play version. And then you have Lyle Conway, who was the sculptor and creator of Audrey II for the movie version, who got the nominee for the Oscar. He also knew Frank Oz from their shared project that you guys might have heard of, The Muppets. And... Um, Vaguely he familiar. also worked very heavily as a creator on Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal. And if you guys like The, the Dark hell? Crystal, that's also Frank Oz. You haven't seen The Dark Crystal? What is The Dark Crystal? It's a trip. It's wild, but we're not here to talk about that. Is it a puppet-based? It, it's, it's puppets, yeah. If you've seen Labyrinth, it's kind of like that. I haven't, but I was actually going to propose that it was a horror movie one time. Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay, let's... I'm going to need you to put the pixie sticks down and just tighten it up a <laughs> <No>. little bit. <laughs> You're all over the place. No. So I, I want to talk about the puppet. So Audrey 2 um, was obviously a gigantic puppet. There are no green screens. There's no CGI. It's all a puppet. And they had been struggling forever to develop the mouth for the plant because it has to talk and sing. And if you've seen the movie, the mouth is like extremely sophisticated. And so they were really struggling on how to make it look more convincing. And they kind of came across how to, how to do that on accident. 
they were reviewing test footage. They would, you know, make the puppet and work it and then film it and then yeah. play it back. And so they were reviewing it and they were rewinding it. And they realized that whenever it was run, the film was run backwards or forwards at a faster speed, the footage looked a lot more, a lot more convincing and a lot more lifelike. Oh. So what they did is they filmed the puppet at slower speeds and then they play it back at a normal speed. And so it looked like he was talking really fast and so they could do more intricate movements. And so they slowed it to like 12 frames per second. And then um, they would minimize the amount of times that like actors were there because that would make it a lot more difficult. So they minimized how much time the puppets were interacting with the actors. But when they did, so specifically Moranis is the one who would have to like sing with Audrey too. So he would like lip sync in slow motion. That's uh, all my props to Rick Moranis for that one. That sounds like a pain in the butt. It's a huge pain in the butt because they also have Levi Stubbs' recording, who's Audrey too, and they would have to filter that through a harmonizer because it would be slowed down. So they had to harmonize it so it at least sounded kind of like music that they could sing along to. Oh, wow. This is this speaks to why about a third way through the movie, I like started really liking it more and more because I kind of started respecting it more. Yeah, you, you, like, st- I you see the love that was put into it. Yes, and as you're as you're seeing the the different iterations of the puppet, it's very impressive. It's very impressive to see how well its mouth moves. And then when you go, you kind of check the back of the DVD or whatever you're watching it on it. And you see it says 1986. It is all the more impressive. I mean, yes, I think it stands up the way watching Jurassic Park stands up, even though CGI has obviously evolved. I, I agree. I do agree. Yeah. And they, they obviously it wasn't just one puppet. They had six different stages of growth for Audrey too. And then there were three different versions of the flower shop so that they would they could scale things down or up based That's on how cute. they needed to. Sense. Yeah, it's really clever. Um, so I thought that was really, really cool. And if you guys are really big fans, this is just something interesting if you are familiar. The supper time number, um, they actually use two holy totally different sizes of Audrey too. Whenever it's Tui singing alone in the shop, they actually use a tiny, a tiny one. And then, um, and the other one, they, it's the same, it's the same size. They just scaled down the set. So it looks bigger. So I think that's really cool. And also super interesting. So the largest form of the plant, which you don't see, I don't think you see it in the original movie. You see it in the ending and I'll get to the ending next, but the largest form of the plant was freaking huge and it took 60 puppeteers oh my God. To, to work it. And a lot of them were people who had worked on like Muppets and Sesame Street because it was all like Frank Oz's buddies. So 60 damn puppeteers That's so making much that coordination. Move. Yes. And Jesus. they're all doing it in slow motion with an actor going at slow motion. So very, very really impressive. Painful. Yeah, it does sound really painful. But a labor but of love also. A, a major labor of love. Should I talk about the original ending? Probably after we go through the whole movie. I don't yeah, want to go through the yeah. whole movie so that, so that I can kind of be reminded and be put in the kind of the right frame of mind. Okay, great. Um, and also at the end, at the end of this episode, I want to go through the top, my, my own personal opinion, the top, the top three best and the top three worst songs of Lil Shop. So, yeah, fair. So I have opinions. Yeah. So anyway, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into Little Shop if you haven't seen it. No, I shouldn't say that. Without further ado, let's get into the movie. Sounds good. Let's go. So this the movie is set in the 1960s. You have three dream ghosts, if you're familiar with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, these like Greek chorus mm-hmm. girls who serve as like the narration for the movie. 
and um, you get to meet Seymour Krelborn, who is Rick Moranis, and his colleague Audrey Ellen Green, who he is in love with, and they work at Mushnick's Flower Shop in an area of New York City called Skid Row, um, and that is the first <laughs> musical number, and... Um, they're all really depressed. Everyone's sad. Audrey is getting like beat up by her terrible, no good boyfriend. And uh, they're trying, they don't know what to do for the shop. And so Audrey suggests that they go get that unusual plant you have downstairs. That's, so a, that's, that's a pretty decent impression of, uh, of <laughs> as green. good as I can do. And uh, they, they, so they get this little plant. Um, and th- they explain how later they get this little tiny, baby, cute, adorable. Audrey too, the man-eating plant, and they put it in the window, and immediately a customer comes by, and there's this, <laughs> this is my favorite, there's just this hilarious wide-eyed guy like, say, what a strange and unusual plant you have there. Say why I'm here, I'll take 50 roses. Can you break 100? No? Then I guess I'll pay 100. <laughs> yes, that was, I think, the first moment where I laughed out loud, and I was like, yes. wait, I actually really like this. And uh, you, I don't know if you, you might not recognize him. I recognize him because I very recently watched This Is Spinal Tap for the first time. But that is um, Christopher Guest, who is very, very famous. He also created and wrote Best in Show, if you've seen that. I really like Best in Show. Mm-hmm. And he is also husband to horror queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, wow. Yeah. It really does come for full circle on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, and you know how much I care about um, how long Hollywood couples have been together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've been together since the 80s. Isn't that cute? That is very cute. It's real cute. Okay. Um, anyway, so then literally all of these people come running into the store to buy every single flower that they have, except the one that they came in to see. Um, they don't say it's not for sale. I guess they, it's just implied that Audrey 2 isn't for sale, but everyone's just it's like, a display. say. Mm-hmm. And so they all come in. And then Seymour explains how he, where he bought the plant, who he, he, he named Audrey too. And he bought it from a Chinese flower shop during a solar eclipse. And then we get another musical number, which I like, where they're like, Dadu, Dadu. See, these are the ones, and we'll talk about it at the end, but these are the ones that I was kind of like, let's, let's keep it moving. I'm not invested I yet. I this one. We, we got to keep it shaking. I like it. It's because it's, it's exposition, right? They're explaining where Audrey too comes from, but they make it like, very campy and fun. And so, um, basically it, there was a, there was a solar eclipse and it got very dark and they turn around and there was this plant just sitting there and he paid a dollar 95 for it. And so, um, they, they, anyway, back to Mushnick's shop, they're getting all this, um, business, but then the plant starts to, to die and, um, they don't know what to feed it. He's Seymour's trying to figure it out. And then he actually pricks his finger and he realizes, Oh, Audrey needs my blood to survive. And um, that's where my Audrey... favorite first song is. Wait, really? Grow for me is one of your favorite. Yeah, first... I really like Grow for me. Oh no, you're gonna hate my list. That's your least favorite. <laughs> that's in there. That's in my bottom that's three. So rude. I'm so sorry. Yes, there are like Grow three songs me. in this movie that are completely unnecessary, and that is not one of them. <laughs> okay, um, but we at least get to see Baby Audrey too, which is the cutest little plant ever. Um, <laughs> And then you get a really, really cool visual effect where she grows and stretches out the can she's in. I don't know how they did that. I watched it three times. It's it's like um, it's it's forced perspective a little bit. It's what like the mean? plant itself didn't change size, but the stuff around it does. It's really cool. Ah, At least that's what okay. I thought was happening. That's what I watched it like three times. But 
So now Seymour is starting to get recognized for his dope plan. And we're having this, we have this amazing bit where he goes on local TV with John Candy and um, local radio. Yeah, it's funny because John Candy actually was originally offered the role of Mr. Mushnick, but he insisted on playing this very minor role as the radio host, Wink Wilkerson, instead. He did so well. Yeah, no, it's perfect for him. Whenever you see him, you're like, that's John Candy being John Candy. You know? that, is just, John, that is John Candy being John Candy. There's a funny well little said. bit where like, there's a bent over woman at the desk and, <laughs> and Audrey too, <laughs> who's just getting more and more animated by the second, is like kind of puckering up and leaning over to like, bite her. <laughs> that's probably my favorite like bit in the entire yeah, it movie. Good. It cracks me up. But so he he starts to get recognized locally and then kind of internationally. Audrey, too, is growing really fast and Seymour's this local celebrity. Um, But then we get to see who's been beating up on Audrey one. So Ellen Green, um, human Audrey. And we meet her horrible dentist boyfriend, Oren Scrivello. At the DDS. My favorite songs. (laughs) That's on my... (laughs) So this is... That's on my list somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where it is. Um... But it, but the dentist song is definitely on my list. It's a hilarious song that's like about basically him having all of these um, sociopathic tendencies, like shooting puppies with a BB gun, and his <laughs> um, mom saying that he was basically um, is destined to become a dentist. And like in the whole skit, it's Steve Martin doing Steve Martin stuff. And at one point, he like Kate, do you remember whenever he uh, punches a nurse in the face? Yes. So that part, and then also there's a part where he like he's like singing his song, and he rips off the head of a little girl's doll. Yes. Um, he he uh, improvised both of those. That's because he's a genius. Yes. That's so great. And then after, so immediately after we have the dentist song, which is hilarious and out of nowhere and amazing. Oh, and I forgot to mention we get the oh actually I, I missed a song. Hold on, let me oh, go which back. Which one did you miss? I'm hold on. Let me say. I forgot that I missed a song. So we have to go rewind just a tiny bit um, and go back to Audrey, human Audrey, singing Somewhere That's Green about uh, her let's dream Let's re-forget of- it. What? No. We are going to fight at the end of this. Oh You're not going to like my list at all. I need club oh, members no. to, to come to my side. That song is a little, no. I mean, it's funny, but no. it's just slow. I it's can't. very oh. slow. Oh, no. It's basically okay. Audrey singing about she like is reading this like Southern living kind of book. I actually don't know what the magazine is, but it's, you know, it's like a 1960s, like um, who's that artist who always, who Norman Rockwell kind of vibe. And um, she's imagining the world. And like, she has like a stuffed dog that now is like a real dog in her imagination. And she's married to Rick Moranis is the, the main protagonist. Um, and she's just thinking about this like um, world she wants to live in. And then after that, you get introduced to her abusive boyfriend, which is the Steve Martin character. And that's when the dentist song happens. It's way funnier than Emma just described it. <laughs> well, it's not a great song. I'm just going to have to tell no! you. No, uh, we'll get I'll, we'll, I'll argue with you later about this young lady. Oh, we forgot to mention that Steve Martin. Um, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oren Scrivello DDS is addicted to nitrous oxide or yeah. laughing gas. <laughs> yeah, he's always like sniffing his laughing gas. He also has black hair. So that's just just to help give you a visual of what Steve Martin and how ridiculous he looks in this movie. It's pretty great. And so then the dentist meets Seymour and he, dentist is being hilariously evil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. We get to meet Audrey and he makes her say, um, call him doctor. So she'll be like, oh, yes. And he's like, yes, what? Yes, doctor. 
Yeah. And then like while he's talking to Seymour, Audrey is pushing his motorcycle back into position because he yeah. can't back it up. <laughs> it's just it's just great. It's just 10 out of 10. So glad that Steve Martin randomly appeared in this movie. Yes. So back at the shop, Seymour's closing up shop. And then Audrey, too, starts to talk to Seymour, which he did not know was going to happen. And he's saying he wants more blood. And so the plant, we, we have a song number, um, Feed Me. And the plant is like, okay, if you want to stay famous, like you didn't think that was just like for free, right? Like, I, how do you think this been this has been going on? You're famous. You're rich. Mm-hmm. You're you're able to woo Audrey. Like, I can I can make all of that happen like tenfold. But you have to feed me. And so at first, he Seymour's like, of course I can't do that. There's no one I can think of that deserves to be hacked into bits with an axe. Yeah, and then immediately. And then immediately he sees Oren beating up Audrey and he's like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. He's like, well, maybe actually, you know, two birds with one stone kind of deal. Yeah. You know, Eddie Murphy was considered for the voice of Audrey one or Audrey two. The voice of Audrey one is even funnier, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's even funnier. Take, take Ellen Green out. <laughs> put in, put in Eddie Murphy. Imagine that song that I don't like. I bet I'd love it if Eddie Murphy was singing. Somewhere that's green as sung by Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I'd buy that CD. In Wife House dress. Um, Yeah, that sounds pretty great. But no, what I meant to say was that Audrey 2, i.e. the big plant, Mm -hmm. that was ultimately played by Levi Stubbs of the Four Tops. Um, We can start calling... We should start calling Audrey 2 Tui to make it less confusing. Tui. And that's what they call her in the movie, too. Oh, okay. Well, I actually... um, I love this song, and I think that maybe it's also one of my favorites. I'm, I'm... Feed I, me? Yes. I think now I have four favorites, so I'm going to have to work oh, on Oh, we're going to... You're going to be real disappointed. You don't like Feed Me? Uh, I do like it. I do like it. Is it in your bottom three? I don't... Well, let's just keep going. <laughs> piss me off. I know. So Oren then meets Arthur Denton, um, who is Bill Murray, who has showed up and has requested a long, slow root canal that he's been saving up for. <laughs> And we, if you, if you're not going to watch this movie at all, at least look up this, this scene with Bill Murray and Steve Martin, cause it's just comedic gold. Or honestly type in Little Shop of Horrors, gif, Bill Murray, and you can see it's just quality. him spitting out the gauze <laughs> yes. and him like <laughs> smiling, like, like, uh, malevolently. I don't know. It's, it's great. I encourage you. If you have 10 seconds, just enter that on Google. So then Seymour shows up, um, Oren has been huffing nitrous oxide as you do. He's got like the laughing gas mask on. Um, Seymour pulls his gun out to shoot him. Um, but then Oren starts to like asphyxiate on his gas and which is funnier than it sounds because he's like, I could asphyxiate. Like he's saying things very clearly as he's quote unquote asphyxiating. And, and he's then, also like laughing because he has laughing gas. So he's yes. like laughing himself to death kind of. It's much yeah. lighter than it may sound. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he dies um, and Seymour's like, well, that was a freebie. And so then he dismembers Oren's body with a hatchet and feeds it to Audrey too, or Tui. So you know how I was saying that Bill Murray will ad-lib some of his, ad-libbed a lot of the lines from while sitting in the chair? Yes. So whenever he was doing that, it made it a little bit of a bitch to edit because no scene There's was There's no alike. continuity. <laughs> and at the time, the original iteration of that scene was gorier, like had more blood, which... Oh, I'm so glad they didn't. Yeah. Oral and that, horror. Tes- that tested really poorly. And so then I guess it ended up with no blood, which is kind of, you know, with a lot of Thank you. Death. 
Wait, so the death was gorier? Yeah. Even in like the original play, he came to seek revenge for something. It's like it, the context doesn't super matter. But basically, the dentist came to the store because he was pissed about something relating to the store. And um, he ended up getting killed out of self-defense in the 1960s. So this is like much lighter and loosey-goosier and I think probably better for the tone that it, it's trying to achieve. And this is something that we'll talk about whenever I talk about the original ending is that there are things that you can do in a play that came that you cannot do in a movie I'm very <laughs> just because curious. the the tone is extremely different. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, and this is the, I I haven't seen it, but like um, I'm I'm getting on a tangent, but like gory things, I'm thinking of like like Sweeney Todd, like in yes. a play, it's very much like scarves and stuff are the blood versus in a movie. They'll just act. They're like, Oh, we can do that. And they just garrot someone. So like, yeah. and no, it's no, a very, makes- it's a huge tonal shift. Like, so no, I all think this that's a good say, point. it doesn't translate directly. And I'll talk about that when I talk about the original ending and how that did not work out. But anyway, so now, um, We've killed off Oren and we've hacked him into bits, but oh no, <laughs> Mr. Bushnick saw him hacking him to bits and obviously assumed that he just killed him. Yeah, I will say that um, he really was quick to hack up this person. I understand the person was already dead, but man has a, a, a steel stomach to be able to just like immediately hack up this person who he just watched died. He really doesn't like him, Emma. <laughs> He's really not a cool guy. He's not a good person. So um, Audrey obviously is taking the disappearance of her lover very poorly and isn't feeling great about things. And so she rushes to see more. Um, and then they have, I, I mean, spoilers, the best song in the entire movie, which is Suddenly Seymour. Mm. No, you, I, are you joking? You must no, be joking. I'm not oh joking. Oh my God. It, if you, you noticed, so it wrong. wasn't nominated for an Academy Award. So. Okay. 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 Whatever. Whenever anyone, <laughs> no, I'm not, we'll get there. I can't with you right now. I need to cool off. Yeah. So they do suddenly Seymour, which Ellen Green is beautiful. It's a beautiful is song. Is outstanding. Do I want to put that song on in the car? No, I, I never want to put this uh, on in the car. I do. And I it's have. Like a- and well, I valid. It's wonderful. Yeah. Do you want to do uh, that or be Missy Moore? <laughs> okay. Like. You're going to hate my list. So that night, uh, Mushnik confronts Seymour about Orin and is like, I know you like hacked that guy up to bits, um, but like if you give me the plant, then we can forget this ever happened. Um, so Seymour starts telling him like, okay, well, here's the deal. Like Audrey Chu likes to eat people and then Audrey Chu eats him. Yep. That sounds about right. Uh, but Seymour starts to do really well, obviously, because Audrey Chu is, you know, getting fed. Yeah. So he's, he, they're doing really well, but Seymour's obviously not feeling great about it. So he's, he's like, oh, this, this isn't going to turn out super well. He gets offered like all these money, all, all these, all money, these money, all this money. All and these he, like, all these monies. And then like, they're trying to get him on like to have television shows and he's just freaking out. So they're like, he goes to Audrey and he's like, we just need to like run and just leave the plant. And, um, he proposes to Audrey. It's very Um, cute. It's very, very cute. But Audrey too, isn't having any of this. And he's, he's demanding another meal and Seymour agrees, but he's like, okay, fine, like compromise, but it's going to be from a butcher. Like it's not going to, I'm not killing another person. 
and Audrey too doesn't like this, doesn't like this, but pretends to go along with it. Um, and then he's, he like, while Seymour's gone, he tries to coax Audrey into the shop and then try to eat her. It's, but Seymour appears. It, let me just say, before we rush past it, that is a great scene. So <laughs> it's a good scene. Just to kind of give some, what it looks like a little bit, just to paint you a picture. It's like the plant is growing bigger and bigger and now it can kind of use its roots as fingers. So you see it like slithering. The pods. It has these, oh no, we're not to the pods yet. That's no, right. Just, it, just I'm the talking about tendrils. the roots. So the roots like slither across the table and they're going towards the payphone and you're like, what? Like, where is this going? <laughs> mom, I watched it with mom the second time I watched it and she was like, they're going to eat the pizza man. <laughs> That's like, that would have been funny if they just ordered a pizza. Yeah. I thought it was a great theory, but what he did instead, you could see him like turning the little turn, like rotary That's so funny. and like with his little root and dialing Audrey's number. And you can see, then he basically is like, huh, 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 and then she looks over at, through the window because it, it's very, it's very much set up like a play of the layout and she sees that it's the plant. So of course what she does, not the brightest bulb in the box is like run <laughs> over, over to there. this giant talking plant that just called her. <laughs> he calls her. It's a great physical. So uh, he then tries to, tries to eat her and she's in a wedding dress at this point. Correct. Yeah. Okay. But Seymour shows up in, in the nick of time and saves the day. Um, they get out of the shop and he kind of explains everything to Audrey Um and how it's, it was kind of like all for her and how he loves her. And then we get the second best song in the movie, which is the Suddenly Seymour Reprise. Okay, that, you're just really into that one song. <laughs> it's such a good Your song. list is stupid. You're stupid. And then we get a really funny bit, which um, is the the guy, the, the hot executive who pops up. And he's like, excuse me, pardon me, if you crazy kids could stop singing for yes. just a minute. <laughs> Which was um, one of the Belushi brothers. Jim Belushi. Yeah. yeah, that was Jim Belushi. Um, it was originally someone else I can't remember, but um, they obviously had to reshoot the entire ending, and then that guy oh. wasn't available, so they were they were able to get Jim Belushi. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they offer he offers Seymour a contract. He's like, I want to take Audrey, too. I want to mass producer. Mm-hmm. I want to breed her and like shoot her to every house in America. And then, you go, and then every house in the world. And then and the light like, bulb oh. goes off. Yes. He's like, oh, this is bad. I should probably destroy Audrey too for the sake of mankind. So he goes back to the shop. He has to destroy Audrey too. That's when he learns that Audrey too is an alien from outer space. We get mean green alien, you know, mean green mother from outer My space. That song. My final favorite song. <laughs> okay. And uh, I do like this song, if if for nothing else, for the pods, the singing little puppet pods yes. that are like the backup singers. Yeah, it's really cute. Hilarious. Now he is. It's he really good. Has little pods that can also back him up into singing. It's really adorable. Mm-hmm. And if you think the movie couldn't get more ridiculous, Seymour accidentally gives Audrey two a gun. <laughs> yeah, <that's> so hilarious. now <laughs> Audrey two's shooting at him. That's when I realized um, I have bought into the movie because I was delighted when this plant now has a gun. And I was like, I've got, I've, a gun. I'm definitely committed. Yes, absolutely. And so Audrey has a gun is just shooting haphazardly. Yeah. Um, but Seymour runs out of the shop and is able to grab an, an electrical cable an exposed electrical wire and, um, like jab it, I think, into one of his roots, mm-hmm. if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And then he gets electrocuted and there's this huge ex- explosion and the shop explodes. Oh, that is one scene where they do use um, computer generated effects is the explosion. Well, it's probably for the Or, or the, the, um, the electrocution, like the blue light around her. That's obviously like they put some blue light in there. Gotcha. Like 
that does not count. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would say that this is definitely overall no no CGI. No CGI, none. And um, so that's that's kind of the end. The shop is destroyed. Um, Audrey and Seymour are okay, and they go get married, and they live in that little suburbs from her song. And um, at the very end, then you see... We get a little teaser. They give you a little tease because at the very end, you know, you, wa- you watch them walking off to the door of, of their little suburban home and then it kind of pans down to the greenery in front of the fence and you can see a little little baby audrey too smiling and then it smiles up at the camera uh should i tell you the original ending now yes now now that i'm kind of caught up on what was going on tell me what would be different okay so i watched the original ending oh. because you you can see it now yeah so they released it um and they colorized it and like remastered it and stuff um, so you can watch the full original ending as it was intended, full production, everything. And it is horrifying. Really? It is so dark. So <laughs> um, the, you get to see, the, one cool thing, you get to see the gigantic puppet, the 60 puppeteer puppet. You get to see that swallow Mick, Rick Moranis very slowly. He just picks he him up and him? swallows him. Yeah. And then the character's gone? Yeah, he's dead. He spits out his glasses and he's dead. So, because uh, um, I'm I'm just getting started, Emma. So he spits out the glasses, and he's dead. And it's okay. And then like it's almost like it almost could have played as funny. Like they have some visual gags and some slapstick mm-hmm. for the for the rest of it. But then it's interspersed with these weird dark close ups of actors being in seemingly genuine fear and like dying. So Audrey too. <laughs> so dark. Yeah, so Audrey too like takes over the world, um, just like just as planned. There's Audrey twos that go out to every city in America, and then they all take over. So it's like really funny. Like you'll see, um, it's it's so messed up. It's like oh, Audrey two is on the Statue of Liberty, and you're like that's funny. That's really funny. And then it's like the military arrived and is anxiously trying to gun her down while babies scream in the distance. Oh my and god! Like, oh, okay. Oh, Audrey two vines are popping out of your underwear drawer to strangle you. Ha ha. Oh, a car accident. It's like oh my god. It's this very very jarring dichotomy that I am problematic. Just like, what? That's really who thought about this. Whose idea? So I looked up whose fucking idea it was, and it was Frank Oz's fucking idea. That sounds and more Ashman. Right. It was Oz and Ashman. They wanted to retain the ending of the musical. So I do I, it was from um the, the so actual off Broadway play. Way? Yeah, but here's the thing. Plays are very different than movies. So I'll explain in a minute. But they wanted so Seymour and Audrey die, and then the plant takes over New York City and then the world. And the producer, one of the producers who was like who's very high up, was like, Oh, you can't do that. Yeah. I, and he's like, No, no, guy metal. this is our vision. <laughs> This is our vision. This is how we want to do it. So they literally had like a special effects team with miniatures and they $5 million later, they have this huge, crazy ending. And, and and again, there's no stop motion in any of this. Like watching the ending, especially you're like, oh, this must be stop motion. Nope. It's old fashioned tabletop animation and puppetry. And so they made this entire ending (laughs) and um, then they did a test screening and it, it was the first ever test screening in San Jose. And for every musical number, this is Oz's quote. He's like, for every musical number, everyone was so excited and they loved it and they were applauding. 
and then Rick and Ellen died. <laughs> and he's like, and the theater became a refrigerator. It was an icebox and it was awful. And it was just awful. And apparently you have to have a 55% recommend from the test audience to be released. And they got a 13. Oh, wow. I bet yeah, and that so, was a big bitter pill to swallow was realizing yeah well he he didn't swallow it he was like no no like let's do maybe this is a fluke let's do one in la let's do another test screening (laughs) and it was exactly the same because he's just um, spent so much money and pushed it so much at that point he's dug a deep ass hole he's dug a deep hole and it it was their vision and so oz later figured out oh shit that didn't no, it's, it's, it's not, it's not that it's not that the vision was stupid because it worked really well for the play, but Oz summarizes it really well. I have a direct quote. Let me read it. He says, I learned a lesson in a stage play. You kill the leads and they come out for a bow in a movie. They don't come out for a bow. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's like, yes, I couldn't have They're said it better dead. myself. Because they spend the whole movie, like, we fall in love with Audrey, and we fall in love with Seymour, and then they just yeah, fucking kill that, them. you fall in love with their love story, and you want to yes. see them happy together after they've all been, like, I mean, one of them's been orphaned, the other one's being abused. Like, just, you just need a happy ending for them. You, They deserve some good, damn it. And also, who can kill off Rick Moranis like that? Like, he's such a How such could a you do face. that? How could you? But I, I get I get that that was their original intention. I'm sure it made sense in the play because it's like it's a it's a story kind of like about, you know, making a deal with the devil and, you know, you sell your soul to the devil. The devil's going to come to collect. You know what I mean? But they do. They, so then they had to go back to like the editing room and so much like they had to cut all of that out that they had worked so hard on. And then they had to reshoot a lot of stuff. So Mean Green Mother, they had to reshoot a bunch of it because that's kind of when the ending starts. So they had to reshoot a bunch of stuff for that. And then, um, you know, that scene where they have their little suburban house and the the three dream ghosts, the Greek chorus, like walks by. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that you see one of them and then it kind of slopes down and cuts off at their waist. And that's because Chiffon was unavailable <laughs> to reshoot that scene. Oh. So they used a lookalike and they just shot her from the waist down. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because mom recognized Chiffon from some other stuff. So she was probably a busy lady. Oh, yeah. So yeah, probably busy lady. Yep. But yeah, that's that's the ending. I'm so glad they changed it. <laughs> that, yeah. That's, I'm so glad. I don't, don't think I would recommend that movie to anyone else if it ended that way because it would just be such a I, messed up. It would, yes, no, it would, no. I had to go back. So I watched the movie, uh, or rewatched it rather, last night. And then I went and I watched this, like the, the original ending. And then I had to go back and rewatch the real ending again. So I'm like, no. <laughs> You're like, no, I can't. They have to be okay. Can't leave it there. Um, all right. No, I need to give you my top three best and top three worst songs of Little Shop in my honest and useless opinion. Right, I'm going to tell you what they are for you. No. What are they? So your number one is Simply Seymour. That's not even the name of the fucking song. Say it ain't so, Seymour. Oh my God. <laughs> no, give me a second. I'm, no. Give me a second. I'm going to come up with it. Suddenly Seymour. Suddenly Seymour is my number one favorite. And yes. then your number two is a Suddenly Seymour reprise. No, that was a joke. <laughs> really just like a joke. That was a joke. And then your second no, one is Somewhere Green. That's my third one, yes. And then your second one is Big Mean. Why are, what is, what, what, you're going all crazy in order. You're confusing me. Okay, so, no, so your number one is Suddenly Seymour. Your number two is, two is the Mean Green Alien. No. Fine, just tell me. 
So my top three best, um, I'll start from the bottom of work up. So number three for me is Somewhere That's Green. That's Ellen Green's ballad, her solo. If you listen to musical soundtracks before you watch them, don't do that with this song. You'll think it's garbage. You have to watch it and then it's like a whole new thing. So that's my third one. It's just really sweet and I like it and it's funny and it's cute. I know you hate it. And then my number two is Skid Row because that shit is just singable. No. Yes. And then number one for me is Suddenly Seymour. I can't believe that none of us have, like, I, I don't overlap with any <laughs> of your favorites. So mine are the are, ones that involve uh, Tui, because who doesn't want to hear Levi mm-hmm. Stubbs sing? And then... So good. Rick Moranis is just so charming. So I, my number three would be the mean green mother from planet earth or whatever the, the one he sings in kind of the climactic end and he's specifically not from planet earth from not planes from outer space <laughs> uh, and then the middle one would be the middle one do you mean your second okay so my three would be my number three would be the mean green plant one. Oh my god my number two would be the one uh the grow the one where he's trying to tell seymour to grow oh no seymour is not the plant What's what's your then? What's number one? My number one would be feed me the feed me one. Oh no! Okay, so I guess now is a good time to tell you my top three worst songs. Are you serious? Number three is feed me. Suck. Number two is grow for me. Are you kidding? And number one is being green mother. You can fuck off. I promise I'm not just doing that to be spiteful. Like I thought really hard and I made this list. I'm so sorry. And that just goes to show that this, this musical is all over the board and no one's going to have the same favorites. I watched it with Austin last night and he put um, dentist in his bottom three. I thought he would have liked put that, that as one. An, I, he hated it. I put that as my honorable mention for that top my three was dentist. What was his favorite one? This is our brother. He fell asleep, so. Okay. so he doesn't get a vote anymore. <laughs> but okay. He didn't get a vote, so yeah. Guess we didn't agree there, but I, but we both liked this movie, which is what matters. Yes, we did. But, oh, so we, now we, we need really to liked put it. it on the list. Oh well, actually, I have one more announcement. Okay. Before we go to the scoreboard, I have a new idea. So I like the scoreboard a lot. The, the scoreboard is sacred, and I made a website so that the scoreboard can have <laughs> yes. a home. So the scoreboard's not going anywhere. Sweet, sweet. I scoreboard. love the scoreboard. Sweet, sweet, flawed scoreboard flawed (laughs) problematic scoreboard (laughs) um but i want to do something a little bit different in addition to the scoreboards because um i just want to have a better way of ranking the movies yeah because the scoreboard's so broad so i wanted to do like a rating like out of one one out of ten okay i'm down for that like okay so i would say for me this movie for me i give it 10 out of 10 twoies. 10 out of 10. Kate, that is a bold statement. I know. Are you saying it stick, sticking by that? I'm sticking by it. I'm going to give it seven twoies. Seven out of 10. Seven twoies and then one of the little baby twoies. So like <laughs> kind of like seven and a half. Seven and yeah. a half. That's really cute. Okay. All right. I respect that. That's a, that's good. Yeah. If this was IMDb, I'd, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, if it weren't for those heinous couple of songs, it would get... <laughs> just kidding. Oh, my God. You're the absolute worst. Okay. So we'll, we'll use the rate the rating system every, every time because I think that helps a little bit. And now we have to rank them for our scoreboard. And this is where we compromise. 
Okay, um, I have the... Don't call it gorgeous. I have the website pulled up with a scoreboard on it. So I presume if you gave it 10 out of 10 twoies, that somewhere converts to <laughs> the top fourth of the scoreboard. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. Um, the listeners, I have, a, I have a feeling our club members are going to really fight back on this, but... You know what? I, I take it back. I'm take I'm I'm subtracting a Tui because of the original ending. I know it wasn't even in the real movie, but it really bothered me when I watched it. So. Above or below The Shining? Oh God! Like, see how do you? I don't know. <laughs> below, it has to be below, right? I know where I'd put it. Okay, where would you put it? I'm gonna put it. I mean, I'm not gonna put. It. I'm gonna suggest this is democracy. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Hold your horses. So I find this much more enjoyable to watch. I know that's not the only metric. You always tell me that. But Haunting of Bly Manor is 18. I want to put it above Haunting of Bly Manor and below Misery. I put it way above Misery. Would you put it above Creep? No. Well, Oh, I don't know. See, this is why I hate the school. Why don't we do it either the new 17, so below Creep, or the new 18, below Misery? And I would put it above I wanted, Misery. I wanted, Why don't we just do... I want it above Misery. What's above Creep? The Shining. It's not going above The Shining. Mm, no, I, that would be that would be horrible. Okay, I'll put it below Creep, but I don't know. But 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 watch it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, well, there you have it. So it is our new 17, which, you know, on a list that is now 53 is pretty darn good. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, it, it is a borderline horror mo- movie, but we are way too late for that argument, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's too late we, if we did horror every single week emma would quit yeah, so it, yeah thank you guys this one this one's for me i appreciate it i, I see what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you <laughs> okay well that's all that oh, we have okay. for this week next week we actually um it will be a mini episode so that'll just kind of be fun loose on the fly so we're not going to tell you what that's going to be yet and then um, Kate, do you want to let maybe our newest Patreon members decide uh, what our next movie is going to be? Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. And if you guys have if you guys have ideas for movies, we still want your ideas, yes. and we're still considering your ideas. It's just the final vote is going to go to Patreon subscribers. So, um, go to our website and or email us at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail Give us your movie suggestions. Give us um, things you want us to cover on mini episodes. Um, any anything really anything. Yeah. Want to so, reiterate what Kate said that we want to hear what you have to say, no matter what you, regardless of if you're a Patreon member. Um, Okay. Well, that's it. We will see y'all next week. All right. See you next time. Stay spoopy. Does it have to be human? Does it have to be mine? Where am I supposed to get it? Feed me, Simo. Feed me all night long. That's right, boy. You can do it. Feed me, Simo. Feed me all night long. <laughs> Cause if you feed me, see my I can grow up big and strong.